Psalm chapter 44. I'm going to read verse 1 and then I'm going to read verse number 4. We have heard with our ears, O God. Our fathers have told us what work thou didst in their days in, in the times of old. Notice that, in their days, in the times of old. But when we get to verse number 4, the psalmist says, Thou art my King, O God. Command deliverances for Jacob. The thought is, I'm glad you're my king in the past, you're the king of our fathers, Lord, but I'm glad you're my king. And I want to take the, that thought tonight, days and king. And I'd like to preach for a few minutes on the subject, worshiping the King of all our days. Now, this psalm, you'll notice, is not a psalm of David. There's a little controversy over some of these psalms. This one, the heading reads, For the sons of Korah. And there's that school of thought that believes that maybe David did write it, but he wrote it for the sons of Korah. Then there are others who believe, no, there are several psalms written by the sons of Korah. And this is one of them. Well, the sons of Korah were Levites who were keepers of the door of the sanctuary. And it seems as though that they have been stirred up while they kept the doors of the sanctuary. They've been stirred up in worship. And they point to the God of yesterday, today, and day's future. Now, you'll notice as well, it's another masculine psalm. M-A-S-C-H-I-L is... There at the top of the psalm. That is, it's an instructive psalm. There are 13 of them. And this is the third one. Uh, going from chapter 1 to the end of the book. And so we're reminded that our king is the king of all our days. Amen. I, I read that the kings of the old Frank were known as the long-haired kings. They were kept in the palace at all the ordinary times and only now and then brought out for festive occasions, special days, or to maybe grace a procession. They didn't necessarily have long hair, but they were named the long-haired kings because nobody hardly ever saw them. Well, I want to say about our King, the Lord Jesus. He's not just seen on special occasions. He doesn't just manifest Himself on certain days. But He's the King 
of all our days. <laughs> what, what would we do if he was just king ever now and then? Ah, but he's the king of all our days. With that in mind, I want us to look at the psalm. I, I'm sure you don't want me to preach all 26 verses and all the people said amen. Got one or two for me. Uh, it's too warm. I'm not going to do that tonight. This is, in fact, uh, I thought this afternoon when I saw that temperature gauge keep rising, I thought, I don't know if this is going to be camp meeting tonight or if it's going to be Operation Meltdown. <laughs> to y'all fan while I melt, all right? But uh, I want to begin by saying a few things from verses 1 through 8. That seems to be the first division of the psalm. And here we're reminded that He's the King of our past days. Several things have already been said in the service tonight about our heritage, having a godly home, or being brought up in a gospel-preaching church. I believe I can testify that I not only came up in a gospel-preaching church, but a Holy Spirit-anointed gospel-preaching church. And what a heritage that is. How precious that is. But here the psalmist, maybe the sons of Korah, seem to look back over their heritage. And they say, why, he's the king of all our past days. Notice in verses 1 and 2, we have the facts reported about the past. We have heard with our ears, O God, our fathers have told us what work Thou didst in their days in the times of old. I think we do our children, our grandchildren an injustice by not telling them some of the details of how God has worked in our lives. I didn't just happen to be here tonight. You better believe that. I am a testimony to the good grace of God. And I thank Him for what He's done. I bless Him. I honor Him. I, I exalt Him. And uh, here they said, Our fathers told us we, we've heard it. <laughs> what work thou didst in their days. Notice their fathers didn't just talk to them about this and that, but they talked to them about what God had done. The work of God in the midst of His people. The facts are reported about the past. I'm just going to take a moment here. My dad was saved the year I was born, 1952. And uh, I, I don't remember some of the bad things that my older two sisters remember. All I can remember is my dad panting after God and studying the Word. He wasn't a preacher. 
But he had a Sunday school class, and boy, he felt like that was a big obligation. A high responsibility. And he labored in the Word all week long, prepared for that Sunday school class. And he kept us in church. Lord, back then I thought they over, Mom and Daddy overdid it. We'd go to church in our church, then there'd be a meeting going on somewhere else. They'd be singing there. Or we'd go hear some other preacher preach. And uh, our house was the house that the visiting preacher stayed in when they came for a meeting. I sort of feel like the Lord was doing things I didn't even know about in those days. Guess whose bed they had to sleep in? Guess who got the couch? I didn't appreciate it back then, but the Lord may have let some of His preachers sleep in that bed and leave a few tracks behind for a little boy that had no idea what God had in mind. Um, I want to tell you, I've heard about what God has done in the past. I thank Him. I praise Him. For being the king of our past days. So I said, well, that wasn't the way it was when I was coming up. You just don't know what it's like to live in an environment like I lived in. No, I don't, maybe. But your children don't have to know about it either. God saved you. He's bringing them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. The facts reported about the past. We have heard. We have heard. And then notice the favor revealed in the past. Verse 3. For they got not the land in possession by their own sword. Neither did their own arm save them. But thy right hand. And thine arm and the light of thy countenance, because thou hadst a favor unto them. He said, Lord, I not only have heard some of the facts about what you've done, but I, I see that your favor was revealed to them. They could have never taken the Canaan land in their own strength. They could have never... I, wrought deliverance by their little army. But God came to their aid. But God intervened. And He said you were favorable to them. I'd like to pause and give thanks for God's favor upon our country. God's grace upon our ancestors. God's loving kindness exhibited in some of our family members back down the way. God was working. He was showing His favor. Why, uh, my folks talk about that revival in the early 50's that swept through the mountains over there in the western corner where I'm from. And uh, Brother Ed Corn was mightily used of God. Brother Paul Stepp He is just an old timer, but he walked with God. And then Dr. Percy Ray came in that area. 
preached under the anointing of God. And God turned some things around. <laughs> it wasn't just children being saved, which I'm totally in favor for because I was saved as a child. But hardened drunkards were saved in those days. My old home church for 40 years was blessed by people who had come out of hard sin in God's saving power and grace. And uh, I thank Him. Some of them slipped on out now. We buried my old Sunday school teacher a couple of years back, three years now. And uh, I remember him telling his story many a time. His favorite verse was, He came unto his own and his own received him not. But then he'd point to himself and say, But to as many as received him. To them gave he the power to become the sons of God. He said, I didn't have the power to overcome that bottle. I didn't have the power to overcome the sin. But he gave me the power to become the Son of God. Oh, brother. The facts recorded or reported about the past. The favor revealed in the past. Then in verses 4 through 8, the faith, the faith related to the past. The psalmist says, Thou art my King, O God. (laughs) That's personal faith. Command deliverances for Jacob through thee. Right now, he said, not just back yonder, but through thee will we push down our enemy. Through thy name will we tread them under that rise up against us. For like my forefathers, verse 6, I will not trust in my bow, neither shall my sword save me. But thou hast saved us from our enemies and hast put them to shame that hated us. In God, watch this now, in God we boast all the day long and praise thy name forever. Selah! I don't like to tell this, but it'll get my point across. When I was a boy, I was very braggadocious. I could make up some big stories, buddy. And uh, tell what I was going to do or what I had done. My Uncle Bill, who's led to singing 50 years now, over 50 years in my home church, old home church, he gave me a name, and I despised him because he called me this. But because I bragged so much, He nicknamed me J.P. Blowhard. (laughs) And about the time I was telling some big thing I was going to do, he'd come to the screen door on my grandma's porch and he said, Tell it, J.P., tell it. I despised him. (laughs) I'm going to tell you, I'd like to reverse it tonight. With the gospel. I'd like to make my boast in God all the day long. Yes, sir. 
If I'm going to brag, I want to brag on God. If, I, if I'm going to, uh, to give the story in any, uh, uh, any explosive way, I want to give the story of the gospel. Not my little accomplishments. But he said, Lord, you're the king of our past days. And my faith is in a God who worked in the past and he's working right now in my life, he said. The king of our past days. Then in verses 9 through 22, of course I'll not deal with all the verses, but we see secondly, he's not only the king, this king of all our days is not only the king of our past days, but he's the king of our present days. Old John Flavel said, because of the emphasis here on trials, fiery trials. He said the Lord doesn't, He's not going to put us in eternal fire, but He often puts us in the fire of affliction. And uh, He tells about His present battles. I, I sometimes am a little hesitant to tell about some of my battles. I was preaching I was preaching in the book of Job some time ago in a, in a great church, a great pastor, and his wife's a dear lady. But she missed everything I was preaching. And she came, we went out to eat, I guess it was about Tuesday night. She said, because I've been preaching out of the book of Job, she said, Brother Tom, have you been having a hard time? <laughs> well, I was just preaching the Bible. I don't like to make a big to-do of my bad times. But, but the psalmist here tells us all about his. Look at verse 9. Said, Lord, I'm trusting you, but thou hast cast off and put us to shame. And goest not forth with our armies. Thou makest us to turn back from the enemy. And they which hate us Spoil for themselves. Thou hast given us like sheep appointed for meat, and hast scattered us among the heathen. Thou sellest thy people for naught, for nothing, and dost not increase thy wealth by their price. He said, Lord, you're the king of our present days, and we're facing difficult experiences. I think those two words describe verses 9 through 12. Difficult experiences. You've cast us off. You've turned us back. Your sheep are like meat to the enemies. You're scattering us. You've sold us for nothing. Lord, these are difficult experiences. Then notice in verses 13 through 16... He says in our present days, they're not only difficult experiences, but they're deriding enemies. There are those who are uh, very visibly opposed to us. Verse 13, Thou makest us a reproach to our neighbors, a scorn and a derision to them that are round about us. (laughs) Thou makest us a byword among the heathen. A shaking of the head among the people. 
my confusion is continually before me, and the shame of my face hath covered me. For the voice of him that reproacheth and blasphemeth by reason of the enemy and avenger. He said, Lord, these enemies seem to be uh, unstoppable. We've, we've been made a reproach among them. They hold us in derision. We're a bower. They shake their head and laugh at us. We're ashamed. In their presence and they blaspheme us. But hold it. Don't forget he said in verse 4 before he said all this. But thou art my king. He's our king in the present days. In difficult experiences. He's our king in the present days. When there are deriding enemies. And by the way we do not know. What the future holds for Christians in America. We have no idea what we may have to go through before we get out of here. But I want to tell you, He's the King of all our days. Even when the difficulties mount up like high waves and the enemies come at us in power and strength, physical, fleshly, Enablement. Ah, we must lean on Him as our King. He's the King of all our days. Then look at verses 17 through 22. He said, you're not only the King of our present day, in spite of our difficult experiences, and even though they're deriding enemies, but Lord... You're our king in the present tense. And we have determined expectations. Now, you pastors can talk more authoritatively about this than I can. But it seems to me that it doesn't hardly take a feather to knock some people out of church. They just, they're blown away by little old bitty things. Hey, by the grace of God, you have to say, I've come too far to look back. There's nothing back yonder I'm interested in. Little fella, and I appreciate him at least talking to me about it. He found out I was going to be preaching in the community where he lived. And I was going to be preaching in a dead church. And it bothered him. And so he drove to my house. I'd rather them do that than talk about me. Sure. Me hear it later. And so I have high respect for the brother in that he would come. And he said, Brother Tom, the reason I've come to see you is I heard you're going to be preaching at such and such church. He said, do you know about that church? He said, do you, are you aware of the kind of preaching they've heard over the years? I said, well, I don't know a whole lot about it. But I said, the pastor wouldn't let me alone. And he kept calling me, asking me if I'd come. And every time I tried to pray about it, I felt like I needed to go and be with him. He said, well, way back yonder they had some preaching, but he said, I'm just afraid it's going to hurt your reputation. And so I had a little talk, heart-to-heart talk with him. 
and told him that I'd already died to my reputation. And that I wasn't out to please the brethren or please other people. I was out to follow Jesus. It's like somebody said, I wasn't preaching such such church. I like what Brother Wade Huntley said. He got all wound up. He said, I'd preach in hell, bless God, if they let me out when I got through. I, I tell you, uh, but I, I went to that old church and I began to dig around for a day or two in my preaching, my praying. And about Wednesday night when we didn't have any visitors to be critical, analyze, and check everything out, God hit me dig down to that old foundation where that old preacher had preached in years gone by. Seemed like I was saying everything over the head of the younger generation. But some of those old timers began to respond. I got back down on that foundation that some man of God had built. I built on in years gone by. And Lord, by Friday night we had one of the greatest meetings I've ever been in. But, but you see, uh, you've got to determine. I told that dear brother, I said, brother, I, he said, well, I hope it won't knock you back. I hope it won't hurt your name. I said, listen, I've already burned some bridges back down through yonder behind me. I don't plan on going in the other direction except forward and moving with God. And I say tonight, beloved, the psalmist expresses his determined expectations to go with God. It doesn't look very good in the present. And he feels like God's forsaken them. And he feels like his enemies are against him. But he said, verse 17, All this has come upon us, yet have we not forgotten thee? Neither have we dealt falsely in thy covenant. Our heart is not turned back. Neither have our steps declined from thy way. Though thou hast sore broken us in the places of dragons and covered us with the shadows of death, if we have forgotten the name of our God or stretched out our hands to a strange God, shall not God search this out? For He knoweth the secrets of the heart. Lord, yea, for Thy sake are we killed all the day long. We're counted as sheep for the slaughter. He said, Lord, we may not be making much progress, but we're still following the shepherd. And we're traipsing along behind Him. And His paths of righteousness are still our paths. And so He said, Lord, we're determined to go Your way no matter what happens. May the Holy Ghost put that determination in our spirit. Matthew Poole. An old writer that Spurgeon recommended. I saw he recommended and I went and bought all three volumes of Poole. Poole said, Through grace, Lord, we have kept ourselves from apostasy and idolatry. Well, you know folks on every side that's fallen. They've turned back. You never would have thought some of them would have ever simmered down. And retreated and act, act like they, they don't have any interest in what God's doing anymore. But the psalmist said, you're the king of our present days. 
And he said, we're just going to keep following you even if we're slaughtered like little sheep. We're going to keep following you all the day long. He's the king of our past days. He's the king of our present days. Uh, in the last four verses, the sons of Korah, or one of them in particular, says, Lord, you're the king of our future or our prospective days. The days that are yet before us. By the way, Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever. Now, I don't mean to sound, what's the word, just negative or or sideways about things like this. I, I, I leave a lot of room for people in their statements. But I've heard this so much the last few years. What we need, what we need is another Wesley. What we need is another Spurgeon. What we need is another Martin Luther. What we need is another praying hide. I want to tell you, we don't need any of those fellas. They've already had their day. They've already come through here. What we need is for you and me to be filled with the Spirit of Jesus and keep marching on down the trail for God. That's right. We come this far by faith. Keep marching on. Keep going forward. Determine in your spirit by His grace. I'm not going to kiss Baal. I'm not going to bow down to Baal. Notice those last three verses. He said, first of all, Lord, You're the King of tomorrow. And so I'm trusting You to rise. To get up. Verse 23. Awake! Why sleepest thou, O Lord? Arise! Cast us not off forever. He said, Lord, I want you to come to our aid. I want you to rise up above us. You, you, you don't have to be asleep, Lord. You don't have to lay down and turn us over to the enemy. You're the God of our future. And we're trusting you to rise. To get up, to show thy hand strong and mighty, to reveal thyself as the Lord of all and the King of all our days. Then in verse 24, he said, We're not only trusting you to rise, but we're trusting you to remember. Wherefore hidest thou thy face? And forget us our affliction and our oppression. Lord, you've claimed us. You own us. We're your covenant people. You're to have compassion on us. So we're trusting you to remember us. I wish, Mama, you could talk to God out of your heart like that about that boy. Daddy, you could talk to God a bit like that out of your heart for that daughter. 
Or Papa, that you could be honest with God about that grandchild. Some of us left those children on the altar when they came into this world. Every now and then I'd like to say to God, Lord, I didn't give them to You out of ignorance. I didn't give them to You, Lord, out of too much zeal. I recognized I couldn't raise them, Lord. I couldn't direct their steps. You're going to have to work. Lord, you remember how I laid all that out before you. I turned it over to you back then. And Lord, I just want to remind you that you've been in a covenant agreement with me through the years. And you've blessed me. And don't forget my children, Lord. And my grandchildren. Do a work in them, Lord. He's trusting God to rise in the future day. He's trusting God to remember in the future days. And then in verses 25 and 26, He's trusting God to redeem in the future days. For our soul is bowed down to the dust. Our belly cleaveth unto the earth. Arise, there it is again, arise for our help. Watch it now. And redeem us for thy mercy's sake. The word redeemer here is not the word that means one to buy back the goel of the Old Testament. No, this is the other term for redeem that means to deliver. Arise for our help, Lord, and deliver us. Deliver us. For thy mercy's sake. I haven't said anything about any of these little conclusion statements at the end of any of these psalms. But you'll notice he said to the chief musician upon Shoshanim. The word indicates upon the lilies or the spring flowers. It's almost as though he's saying, Take this song to the chief musician and tell him to set it for music for the spring Passover when the lilies are blooming. Let's sing this again. I've sung it now, but get this to the chief musician. Let's sing it again over in the Passover season in the spring festival. Ah, he's trusting God to redeem And he's looking forward even to another season that may look like it'll never come, but he believes God's going to deliver. God is going to come to His aid. He's the King of all our days. Worship Him. Adore Him. He's the King of our past days. He is working before we got here. He's the King of our present days. He's God right now. And He's the King of our prospective days. Trust Him afresh to rise and remember and to deliver, redeem in the future. I read an interesting little story in a book about the kings of the past. Alfonso VI. The king of Leon and the king of Castile, both near the same time. He was nicknamed the Brave. 
He was sometimes referred to as Alfonso of Castile. In 1077, he, not the people, but he proclaimed himself emperor of all Spain. Well, I want to tell you the Lord Jesus is king of all our days. He's the emperor of all our journey. May somehow God revive our faith in Him tonight. Our confidence in Him. Again, I say in conclusion, He's the same yesterday and today and forever. Some of you young people who know that God saved your grandpa, maybe from a terrible life, or your daddy, or your mom, or your grandma, I'm going to tell you, you can trust Him to be faithful in your life too. He's the King of all our days. Just standing with me, please. Your heads are bowed. Your eyes are closed.